ain't gonna say they ruined a lot of Christmases, but there was a few where, you know, we didn't get our gifts to the 27th. You know, one thing I learned about this league, man, is, is you're peaking at the right time. You know, you can go a long way. The last, the last rod. So, you know, they're bringing all the rods in, and the guys like, man, I think it's good. we got something on this one. So it was Ben's turn to reel it in. So Ben's reeling it in, man, taking about 15 minutes. He's breaking the sweat. He's sweating hard. His arm's starting to burn. I'm like, bro, just keep reeling. Just keep reeling. Welcome into the lounge. It's Steelers Week, baby! <laughs> Garrett, Garrett, that's take two, because Garrett told me I came in too hot the, the first time. So yeah, the first time from, you did it, you, you made my eardrums bleed. So I, I told I stood, yeah. You had to stand across the room. Yeah, I stood back about 10 feet on that one. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll keep this in mind at the end of the episode when you do the big. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Just take off the headphones. Yeah. Uh, anyway, always an exciting week. You know, this is the best rivalry in the NFL, Ravens-Steelers. And the rivalry's at its best. Mm-hmm. Ravens coming in at 5-1, and one, Steelers undefeated at 6-0. and oh. So I just can't wait for this game on Sunday. Going to be a show at MT Bank Stadium. I feel like you're one of those guys over the past few years who has said, the rivalry's lost some luster. It's not the same. It's not the same old Ravens-Steelers. It there's had, no it Ray, had. there's no Ed, there's no yes. Suggs. Yes, bah, bah, it had bah, lost bah, bah. a little bit. Of, it had lost a little bit of its luster because Ben was always like banged up. We saw him about half the time. It's not. It's not truly a Raven Steelers game unless Ben Roethlisberger is under center. Let's be honest. It's not when Duck Hodges is the Steelers quarterback. It ain't the same. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what I prefer. I prefer Ben not to be under center. That was much nicer last year. I mean, I agree <laughs> from a competitiveness standpoint, but I'm just saying in terms of like how awesome a game it is and epic. I'd rather Ben be there. Yeah. Well, now what I've been saying over the last year, we get to see, you know, you've you've been giving me a hard time about how I'm always scared of the Steelers and now now we get this you know, now we get to this comes to fruition basically. Uh we get to see the Steelers at their best with Ben Roethlisberger with this crazy good defense. They're 6 and 0. Um so are you going to be scared? So you scared? You shaking in your boots going into this one? I I actually am confident. I think uh I feel good. I feel like the Ravens are the better team? Um, I just overall, I like. Do the are the Steelers? Do the Steelers scare me? I guess to a certain extent, yes. Their defense is scary good. They can get after the quarterback. Better off. You're scared. Still you're scared. He's look. You're, you're scared. They're you're a scared. great team. I still <laughs> am. I I think this is a game the Ravens win, but I don't think it's a gimme by any stretch. And then on the on the best rivalry thing, um, it it is it is like I agree. Last year, week seventeen, when the Ravens were resting their starters, like it didn't feel like it's a great rivalry game. So I'll give you that. Like I understand that. But for the for for great chapters of the rivalry, there has to be a lot at stake. I think that's been like what people have been referencing uh, over the past. Even though, gosh, there was the Christmas Day game and then the um, in what twenty seventeen. Anyway, there's been a lot of good games in recent years. Um, but this is a game where there's just a lot at stake. I mean, this is a big-time playoff implications game, two of the best teams in the league. Um, yeah. So I understand why now they, the talk is renewed about whether this is the best rivalry in the NFL, which I think it is. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Anyway, we have a good email here from Victor Sutherland. Uh, as always, you can reach us at thelounge at ravens.nfl.net. Victor says, hey, guys, just finished listening to, to episode 253, and here are some constipated notes from a diehard Ravens fan. <laughs> you remember that joke from the last day? Yeah, I don't even remember exactly what the context of the joke was, but I get it. I, I get the, I get what you're trying to do there, yes. 
<laughs> uh, he says the current five and one feeling isn't sitting well with the performance versus the Chiefs and the near debacle against Philly, especially with the next five games being tough one or a bit angsty. Uh, especially when considering the biggest problem this season is the offensive line. Clifton, Clifton, really hit the nail on the head when comparing the unit to last season's. I mean, to shut out Aaron Donald even after losing your starting center, that's that really says something. So for this year's unit to not be stout, uh, not just with the rushing, but with the pressure they're allowing, that leads to the second biggest issue, which is Lamar's throwing being off. Anyway, uh, all, all good, all good. So he said, the question is, you guys mentioned peaking too early. Could it be that Harbaugh is attempting his greatest coaching act ever in keeping them humble so they're cooking with gasoline come December, January, and February? Right. Well, I do think that there is something to the notion of peaking too early. I, I, I do find that to there's to be some truth there. And it's you could probably go back and listen to a podcast episode last year where we said the peaking too early is a bunch of malarkey. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess. Let's talk it out of both sides of your mouth. Yeah. You sound like me now. I mean, I do, I do kind of remember feeling like when we would get that question last year, we would say, well, they're playing great. Do you want them to not play great? Is that what your preference is? And now right. it's kind of like the Ravens aren't playing great in the in the free, the concern is, well, you were playing great last year. Look, I don't think that the coaches are trying to delay great performances. <laughs> like that's not – that's not what's happening. The Raven, like the coaches aren't like, you know what? We could blow this team out, but uh, we we don't want to peak too early, so we're gonna let yeah. them come back in the game. That's you know not what? What's... A two point a two point conversion stop in Philly would be really exciting. Let's just let them come back and do that. Yeah, that's not what's <laughs> happening. Really, um, obviously, but I do think that a little adversity could go a long way, and I think that that was a, a sentiment after the game in Philly that hey, game didn't go great. Got things to work on. Got things to clean up. Uh, need to play better, and so the team goes into the bye week feeling like we got a lot of work to do. Got a lot of work to do. Players mm-hmm. feel that way. Coaches feel that way. Um, and then I also think you're looking around the AFC. They see the Steelers at six and zero. See the Chiefs who they lost to in week three. You see the Titans who they lost to in the playoffs last year, sitting here at five and one. Like all of a sudden, it's like okay, if we're gonna make a run, we got our work cut out for us, so we got to make some big pro- big progress. Mm-hmm. And um, so the feeling is they got to do that. And uh, a guy who, who knows, you know, what it's going to take to do that is Orlando Brown Jr. Can I just add this, Garrett, real quick, is that let's also not discount the fact that the Ravens are masters at making tweaks during a bye week. I mean, yeah. heck, in 2018, they changed an entire offense to Lamar Jackson, mm-hmm. right? Last year, after the bye, the Ravens go on an incredible run. I mean, it started a little bit before the bye, but let's just say the Ravens could have some tricks up their sleeves, and I'm excited to see how they come out of this by offensively to see, you know, what changes are made. Right, right. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree with that, and I think it's a good point because they have shown, you mentioned the last two years, but basically they have shown a willingness and an ability to make some major adjustments. And one of the big adjustments that they made this week on this year on the bye is that they added a pro bowler, Yannick Ngakwe. They go ahead and trade for him, add him to the mix for this defense. We're going to talk in detail about that. Also, the addition of Des Bryant to the practice squad. We're going to talk about both of those things, uh, our impressions of that, and what those guys can bring to this team. But there's two things we want to do first. First, we want to take a Crown Royal water break because Crown Royal wants to remind you to take a water break and moderate your drinking. Stay Good hydrated. Idea. Stay royal. Crown Royal Canadian whiskey. You like how I worked that in there, Ryan? Seamlessly? Yeah. I, Se- I really like that. And And by the way, Oh, never mind. Victor Southern's from Alaska, not Canada. Close no. enough. 
We still, we, we still love you, Victor. Uh, <laughs> but after that, now we want to go ahead and welcome in our guest this week, and that is offensive lineman Orlando Brown Jr. This season, when you trade up to Ram Trucks, you're getting power, luxury, and technology like you never imagined. You don't become the back-to-back Motor Trend Truck of the Year for nothing. And with the Ram 1500, you can get a lot of everything. Rear legroom, a reconfigurable center console, it's all available now, plus you get a lot more storage. Or you could also trade up to the Ram 3500 and get 410 standard horsepower in a gas engine. For these great deals, and to find out more, go to Ram.com today. Well, Orlando, you're one of our faves, all right? And, uh, you know, we were just saying we miss having you in the locker room. We miss being in the locker room to kind of, you know, I was going to say shoot the... The shoot plank, the breeze shoot the breeze shoot the breeze thank you <laughs> thank you i appreciate it but uh but we're really happy to have you on the pod and i gotta start with this so i've been kind of thinking about this this week like everybody with the raven steelers rivalry talks about how you know it's this other level of like hard hitting and all this stuff right but i feel like like you're always body slamming dudes like <laughs> how, like how how can it possibly when you're hitting as hard as you possibly can like every game how can it be even harder? Yeah, um, man, it's kind of hard to describe, but when you get these rivalry games, no matter on what level, uh, I just feel like the intensity that you're exerting is on another level, you know? And I think back to in college with OU Texas and man, just how much you had to take your game up another notch because of that guy across from you, it's personal with him too. And it's not always like that, you know, in a game like setting in football in college or in the pros, you know, sometimes, sometimes you may play a really, really good player, but he may not be in it as much as he would be in it. You know, I think of, you know, Dallas Cowboys versus the Redskins, man, that's, that's an intense robbery. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's a very physical football game. And and same thing goes for the Raven Steelers where, you know, this is a week where as a team it's going to be the most physical battle we've had all year. Right. Like, you know, you know, your opponent is not going to take a single snap off the entire game, basically. Exactly. Exactly. You know, it's, it's going to be intense, man. And and that's how these rivalry games are. You know, the coaches take it really personal, you know, the front offices and all of that, you know, and, and <laughs> you know, we're all competing against each other and, and they're competing in their own way. And so, you know, it just it's just real. It's a huge, intense battle, man. One of the reasons I think that it's so intense is because it's so close. I just am pulling up the stats here. Since John Harbaugh has been in here, he's. The Ravens have won 14, Steelers have won 13, and overall it's a 25 and 23 record uh, in this game. So, like sometimes you talk about rivalries, but it's one sided, and one team is basically dominated. This is as close as it gets, and I feel like that's one of the reasons why, when the game rolls around every year, it, it's like so much discussion locally and nationally. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and you know, thinking back to when I was a kid growing up watching the games and being at them. Uh, man, I mean, it's a fair share that I've been at where they won and they lost. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, I also feel like, man, you know, as a franchise, I don't know what the statistics are, but they've, we've had to win more in Pittsburgh than in Baltimore. You know, right. I have to look that up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would, I would get, I would have to guess that just because of you know the games that I've been to. Now, I was at the the Raven Steelers game where. Roethlisberger broke his nose. I think it was a Haloti not a pop. Haloti, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, I remember that one. <laughs> you were at that game. Yeah, I was. I was sitting in the handicap section. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, how much did you did that from your dad like rub off on you? Yeah, a lot, man. To be honest, man, Pittsburgh, uh, 
ain't gonna say they ruined a lot of Christmases, but there was a few where, you know, we didn't get our gifts to the 27th. And, uh, <laughs> I, I, you know, we, we weren't able to really have black and yellow in the house, man. I, I remember one year my sister wanted to be a bumblebee. That was a no-go. Uh, you know, my brother, uh, my brother really, he, he really liked these, uh, these retro Air Jordan ones, man. And they were, uh, black and yellow. And I think Wiz Khalifa might have had them on or something like that in his one song. And, and my dad just wasn't, he wasn't buying them. That's so funny. Now I need I need your advice then because my daughter she likes to she's like the ultimate troll and she likes to tell me that she's a Steelers fan, right? Like, so what do you think I should do with this as a parent, Orlando? Man, you know that's hard to say. Um, (laughs) Man, I in my household we didn't really have the opportunity to root for another team openly. You know what I mean? I had my teams that I rooted for, but that was in private, so I don't really know how to handle that. Wait, so what teams were you rooting for in private? Man, I like I was I grew up a huge Carolina Panthers fan. Like that was just my team. Deshaun Foster, Jake DeLome, Steve Smith, uh Jordan Gross, uh man, the whole nine. I just that was, you know, I love watching Carolina play. That was my number one team. Okay. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. That's an interesting one. Um the the last thing that I'm curious about with the rivalry is is during the week. Like, do you feel – because sometimes I feel like it's a cliche to be like, oh, it's Steelers week. You can just – like, everyone's a little bit more focused. Practice is a little bit more intense. But, like, is it? it maybe it's not cliche. What What is your your perspective on what practice week is like leading into a Steelers game? Yeah, man, it's intense. And I'm sure it's very intense for them, you know, uh, getting ready to prepare for us as well. You know, because the understanding is, you know, no matter the records of the of, – the Ravens or the Steelers in, in this type of game, it's going to be physical. It's going to be hard fought. And, you know, the approach throughout the week has to be getting your mind, getting your body prepared for that battle. And uh, I mean, I'm not going to say that's the hardest part, you know, but it should be, you know, you're, the throughout the week for these type of games, the week of practice should be hell. <laughs> <laughs> well, well a, a nice thing this week is that you had to buy – coming into this game. I think it's always nice. Ben Roethlisberger said this week, it's nice to have the buy after the Ravens Steelers game. So you can get those, those bumps and bruises heal a little bit, but you did have the benefit of the buy going into this game. Give you some extra time to prepare. Uh, how'd you spend the buy? I know Mark Andrews mentioned that you, you guys went fishing. Yeah, we did. Yeah. We went, we went fishing out in, uh, was it Kentmore Island? Uh, I use a, use a charter out there in Maryland hunting and fishing. Shout out my guy, Jason. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man, we, uh, we went out there and, uh, man, Ben Powers first fish he reels in, he's doing it really easy. And, you know, I'm like, man, it's gotta be a small fish. He brought it in. It was like a 32 inch, you know, striped bass rockfish, man. So I'm like, you know, that's huge. And then, you know, the next few fish that we brought in were like 29 inches, 30 inches, uh, at a 27, which is really big. And then the last, the last rod. So, you know, they're bringing all the rods in and the guy's like, man, I think it's, we got something on this one. So it was Ben's turn to reel it in. So Ben's reeling it in, man, taking about 15 minutes. He's breaking a sweat. He's sweating hard. <laughs> His arm's starting to burn. I'm like, bro, just keep reeling. Just keep reeling. And, uh, man, he gets it up to shore and it's a stingray. And I Whoa. go, oh. Oh yeah, <laughs> we were like, yo, <laughs> obviously we understand we can't keep a stingray, you know, but you know we wanted to get the hook out of his mouth, but man, it ended up just snapping the line. Oh whoa, that's crazy. So do you? So do you like? Do you catch and release, or you you eating fish like for three weeks straight now? Yeah, yeah, I got a lot of fish, a lot of fish to eat, man. We actually uh, <laughs> fried some. We fried the fish that we caught the other day last week. Nice, <laughs> nice, nice. So there you go, breaking a sweat. I mean, staying in shape during the bye. You know, that's a workout. <laughs> 
Hey, so I'm, I'm curious, uh, you know, obviously with the addition of Yannick, you know, you're going to be facing him a, a few times in practice, and I'm sure you probably did yesterday. Uh, what, what's, it, what's it like facing him? What do you think of that addition? Yeah, man, Yannick is great. And, uh, you know, he's another hometown kid, I, I guess. He's not from Baltimore, but, you know, he's from PG. And, yeah. uh, man, just kind of what he brings to the table, I think, is great for our defense and our team. You know, he's somebody that it, loves ball. You know, he loves his craft of, of pass rushing and playing defense end. And, you know, that's not going to do anything but make me better. Um, I think, you know, I think he's got five sacks up until this point, man. I'm hoping he can double that in the next few weeks. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Exactly. Yeah. So, Orlando, what's your perspective on where the offense is right now? Um, I think you guys are eighth right now in terms of points per game. Passing game has been a little slow to get going. Um, and I think that, you know, there's an expectation of just comparing it to what you guys did last year, which is which is natural, but it's also probably a little bit unfair. Just what is your, like, perspective on where the offense is through the first, you know, six games this year? Yeah, we're not where we want to be. And, um, you know, it's a little unsettling for us as players, you know, as a group, because we have this huge expectation for ourselves and our offense to, you know, we want to be the best offense in the world. We want to be the most dominant. We want to be able to pass it when we want to pass it, run it when we want to run it. And, uh, man, I just feel like this year, you know, like you said, we've got off to a little bit of a slow start. And we understand we're not where we want to be. Uh, you know, what's the bad thing about that? You know, we're not where we want to be. What's the good thing? we're still winning games, you know, so, you know, that says a lot to to the type of talent and the type of men and coaches that we have uh, in this building, um, you know, but we're not where we want to be. I think we get there, you know, soon enough. And, uh, you know, one thing I learned about this league, man, if, if you're peaking at the right time, you know, you can go a long way. Mm-hmm. How mm-hmm. tough is that for you guys to deal with mentally? Because, you know, you guys are all perfectionists and you experienced like playing at such a high level at such a young age. I mean, going to the Pro Bowl in your second year, you know, Lamar MVP in his second year. It, it's just kind of crazy, you know? And, and so then to come out and like stub your toe for lack of a better term, you know, like how tough is that to get over that mentally? And when you're looking back and saying, man, like I remember what it was like last year, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and not to say that we're looking back on last year, but more so looking back on the previous weeks of, you know, how we performed and things we've done. And, you know, we haven't been terrible or anything like that, clearly, right, right. You know, but right. um, it's one of those deals where, you know, man, we, we do kind of harp on it a little bit after the game and after the win and or loss. And, you know, we understand what we need to do to continue to elevate. I, I think th- part of the thing that stands out to me is like last year, it just looked so easy. Like it just like especially from the outside looking in, you're like you were. It felt like you had six yards minimum whenever you wanted it. You know, like okay, let's just go ahead and pick up six, and then and then you had the big plays. It just looked so easy. Um, and like, is it is there any sort of challenge when it doesn't? Like, did you feel that last year? Like, did it feel that way? Um, and is it hard this year if it doesn't if if the results aren't coming quite as easy as it at least it seems from the outside looking in. Yeah, I mean, I definitely felt like last year it was pretty easy, man. It was crazy <laughs> how we, how easy we were able to score and uh, just how Lamar was re- literally able to take over games by himself in a lot of in a lot of those situations. And uh, there wasn't a lot of close games, if any at all. Um, the schemes were like crazy, and you know, the thing is, we're running a lot of the same stuff now. And so, you know, obviously with guys having a year of film, uh, with some of us playing inconsistently up and down, uh, you know, it's kind of I want to say stalled a little bit and, you know, we're going to do our job to not shoot ourselves in the foot with the penalties um, as as players. And, 
you know, man, we, like, but like I said, you know, we still got a ways to go to get better as an offense. Uh, I'm excited where we could take it. You know, what we saw last year was, you know, a glimpse of what we're capable of. I think we can be better than that. Mm-hmm. So are, are you still sitting next to Lamar? Cause I've, I'm in the bunker. I haven't been in the locker room. So are you still sitting over there by him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my locker is pretty much same area, man. I'm, I'm right by Ronnie and Earl and Willie. Okay. So, so what, so what's like Lamar like, because just tell me if I'm completely off on this, but like, I sense that he's like, just kind of like a little frustrated. Like, am I off on that or, or what? Yeah. I mean, I just feel like, tell him he's off Orlando. Tell him he's off. You, I you love can. you can. I, I, I tell him he's wrong all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I was about to, I was about to say, yeah, you know, talking to him, man. I mean, you know, he's ready to go. He's fired up, you know, and I think okay. his opinion as far as the offense and how we're playing would be very similar to mine. You know, he knows what we're capable of and all of us. And, you know, yeah. we can be so much better and we will be. Yeah, I, I, I believe it. I believe it. Hey, I, did I notice a new tattoo on your hand? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I got um, I owe me on this side on my uh, my right hand. That's just a message to myself, you know, kind of, uh, I guess. Uh, like, I don't know how to necessarily describe it, but. You know, sometimes, like, I feel like as human beings, especially, you know, when you get in a position like this, you know, you kind of need something to keep you uh, going and, and kind of keep your mind uh, in the state of mind that it was before you got here. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and that's more so just a message to myself. You know, I owe me as in, you know, don't forget what I've been through. You know, don't forget mm-hmm. what, you know, the combine, don't forget those type of things, you know. So it's just more so a message to myself. Right, right. And then the other one, too, is that new, the now? No, that's, that's oh, I had it. I got that last year. But, yeah, the time is okay. now, man. That's, you know, I also got a bad habit of procrastinating. So, <laughs> <laughs> see your hands every day, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> so I wake up first thing in the morning or brush my teeth, first thing I see. <laughs> that's awesome. Yep. It, it, and so, Orlando, one thing that I, I, I think about is at this point, I keep referencing last year, but – at this point, basically, it was the Seattle game. Like, the Seattle game was, like, the turning point. Like, no one at this point last year was talking about, man, the Ravens look so good. It looks so easy. And so, and then the Seattle game, like, it, you were off to the races at that point. Coming off of this bye week, you play the Steelers in the biggest game of the NFL. And then you got the Steelers coming up again in a few weeks. You got the Titans. You got the Patriots. You got the Colts. Like, this is a huge month. Do you feel like, A, that you guys could start to really kind of turn it up and also that you feel like we're going to learn a lot about this team over the course of the next few games? Yeah, no doubt. You know, I think, man, like you said, these games are so important for us over the next few weeks. Uh, we're not necessarily looking ahead, though. You know, we yeah. understand what's, what's kind of at stake. You know, we look, looked ahead a little bit during the bye week, uh, you know, just to mentally prepare ourselves for, for kind of what we're going to have to go through. But, uh, man, we're going to play some really good teams and some really physical teams and uh, teams that have got great defensive lines and, and really good defenses as well, man. So, uh, you know, we're going to do our part when that time comes. You know, right now, man, the concern is Pittsburgh on Sunday. Mm-hmm. All right, well, we'll let you go on this one, Orlando, because I know you got to get ready for practice. Get ready to whoop on TJ Watt. I got to finish. I I remember you. I remember you burying him last year in that clip. Yeah. I'd like to see another one of those. Yeah, no doubt. Um, me too. <laughs> um, but I got to ask you this one on the, on the last note. It's a serious note. Have you voted yet? Uh, Yes. <laughs> That's my guy. <laughs> That's my guy. All right, Orlando. Thank you for thank you for joining us, man. Always a pleasure. With every new season, there's new challenges to overcome, and Ram trucks are built to crush every single one of them. They're powerful, dependable. They're the back-to-back Motor Trend truck of the year. But beneath that hardened exterior, 
The Ram 1500 offers a standard of comfort with rear legroom designed for a comfortable lead. And the available rear auto-leveling air suspension found in the Ram 3500 is beyond smooth. So for big cash allowances and exceptional lease offers, go to Ram.com today. Well, always great stuff from Orlando. One of my faves. One of our faves. Uh, miss you. Miss you, Orlando. Wish I could be there in, in the uh, locker room with you, buddy. Um, but I, I think he brings up some great points. You know, I think this offense, they know what they can become. I, I think that they certainly are capable of it, right? I mean, it's not like any of these players have gotten worse, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that the league is kind of caught up. They have a, a target on their back. And, uh, you know, but I think the execution, a few of those throws are, are very close on some of those deep shots. You hit some of those, everything can kind of change. So I'm excited to see the second half. You know who else I'm excited to see, Garrett? Yannick. Yes. Ngakwe. Yes. Yeah, that guy, not only is he a Terp, shout out to my home school. <laughs> um, but, you know, I mean, this guy's a player. I mean, yeah. there, there really hasn't been too many more productive pass rushers in the NFL since he entered the league. For sure. I mean, this is a move. I feel like there's been rumblings of this as a possibility for the past couple of years. Like, yeah. fans have been, since he's been on the trade block, uh, which he obviously got traded this offseason, now gets traded again. Um, and as everything was happening in Jacksonville and they were, you know, trading a bunch of guys and, and Yannick's game, name came up a number of times, Ravens fans wanted him at Baltimore. Like, there's been no question about that. Um, and so now the Ravens get him and he seems like he's going to be a perfect fit. I, I thought that Clayus Campbell had some good perspective on it. Uh, he played with him for several years down in Jacksonville. Uh, basically said that he's got a serious, hardworking mentality, uh, super focused, super driven, um, and that he feels like the culture here is really going to benefit him and allow him to thrive. Um, and I just thought that was interesting perspective from Calais that – and it's, look, it's not like – Yannick hasn't thrived elsewhere. He had, he thrived in Jacksonville. He was thriving uh, in Minnesota with five sacks and two forced fumbles already this season. So if he's just going to continue to build on that, I, I just like – we were talking about possibilities of trades. If you could have kind of ranked some guys of who was on the market, this guy would be probably one of the top two or three people that you would have put up there as you who you would love to have for this team. Like Absolutely. Like – huge production at a position where the Ravens could use some help. Like I just think that that is as good yeah. of a situation as Eric DaCosta pulled off as good of a trade this year as he possibly could have to get him. I mean, it's like, it's similar to what they did last year with Marcus Peters. I, I really think it's in that category. Oh, it absolutely is. You know, I mean, Wink Martindale just got done saying that Eric DaCosta is his favorite person in the world. I'm going to have <laughs> I'm going to have to echo this and hope my wife doesn't listen to this episode. <laughs> well, <laughs> so Marcus Peters, Calais Campbell, Yannick Ngakwe, three pro bowlers in a year that he's traded for and, and not given up. You look at some of the other trades for some of these other players, Jalen Ramsey, uh, Jamal Adams, and guy, teams are giving up first-round picks, multiple first-round picks. Larry Tunsil was another guy who went for multiple first-round picks. Um, like – Teams are giving up major draft capital to get these players. Ravens are getting highly productive players at a fraction of the cost of what some of the other trades are taking that, that, compared to some of the other trades. So just right. a huge win for DaCosta and his team. Yep. All right, so what do you think of Dez Bryant? Yeah, Dez is the other one. We talked about Dez, obviously, at the start of the season, um, and the Ravens didn't sign him. I think, get- I think we called this. We called exactly what happened. 
Right. They brought him in for a workout. Yep. Said, "All right, okay, we, you know, we'll keep you on the on the hook." Yep. Kind of, you know, we got your number. Yep. Uh, if we need you, we'll call you back. And now we get to a point in the season where the Ravens have struggled a little bit on the outside in terms of receptions and whatnot uh, from the receivers, and it's time. It's time to maybe jolt this offense a little bit with a proven guy who can make contested catches, which the Ravens have kind of struggled in. So I like the move a lot. I, I, I think that we'll see. You know, we'll see. Des Bryant hasn't played a game since 2017. Yeah. That's a long time. He The last time he practiced, uh, was, he suffered an Achilles tear. Yep. So, you know, he's got to get into shape. Like, hey, looks great on Instagram, but it's, it's a, a big difference to play in an NFL game and all that. So – I think the coaches are going to put him through the ringer a little bit, get you know, make sure he's mentally and physically locked in. But I think he will get there. And I'm telling you, X marks the spot, baby. <laughs> X marks the spot. He's going to make some plays this year. So you think it's only a matter of time until he's active on yeah, games? Absolutely. Absolutely. Hmm. I think that this is, a, in, in a lot of ways, a no-brainer move for the Ravens. Low-risk, practice squad deal uh, with potentially really high reward. And so if it doesn't work, if they get him in practice and he doesn't look like he's, you know, ready to come back and play for whatever reason, then they can move on. And it's, you know, no harm, no foul. However, if you get him out there in practice and he looks like he can add something to the offense, and maybe it's a lot to the offense, maybe it's not just something, maybe it's, it's a lot, um, then you can activate him and you have him on a low contract and he can be a huge player for this offense. And you get a motivated player. I mean, I think his tweet... Uh, was indicative of how he feels, where he said, I, I yeah. can't stop crying. Um, yeah. It's emotional. If you've been out of the league and now you get a chance to come back and play, like he's clearly motivated to go out there and try to earn his spot. Um, yep. Now, it's, he's on the practice squad. Like He's on the practice squad. Yeah. You know, when he goes out to practice, uh, he's got to simulate guys on the other team. Like He's he's a scout team player right now. Um, and so they're putting him through the ringer and trying to see what he can do, and he's got to earn it. Like, but <laughs> How'd you, how'd you like when, when he went through the drill? And he caught one one-handed, and David Cully was like, "Nah, nah, 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 nah. Go back and do it again." Right, right. Yeah, I mean, they're, <laughs> they're working him. They're working him. Yep. Um, but like, here's the thing. So, could he go out there and give you? I don't think you need to get a ton from him. Like, he doesn't need to be Des Bryant from 2013. Uh, right. But could he? Could if you get four catches for 50 yards, couple first downs, and a touchdown? Like that is production that the Ravens could absolutely use like get a guy who can move the chains and is a threat in the red zone most of the most of the attention in the red zone is obviously being paid to Mark Andrews because of what he's done the past two years so if you can spread out some of those eyeballs um that's a good thing for this offense I'll tell you I'll ask you this question you're on the 10 yard line it's or you're on you're on the eight it's third and goal from the eight right and you're who you want to throw the ball to Mark Andrews, and then if I'm taking my number two pick, it's Des Bryant. Give me that slant across the middle and say, just just dog on somebody, man. You got to make a play. I'm taking Des. Yeah. Does he remind you of my uh, flag football skills in the red zone as a red zone target? That's my specialty. Not whatsoever. That's that's my specialty. <laughs> the throw it up, the fade, just go out there and dunk on people. Me and Des, baby. <laughs> you and Des. Two, two pieces in a pod. Same player. Yeah, yeah. I taught did him you, everything. Did he you knows. ever throw up the X? I I taught him everything he knows. Got to <laughs> use your size to your advantage. Oh, yeah, I, no. I, I think I think um, the question I have is is so you say absolutely he's going to be on the roster and play games at some point. 
So how long? Is that Sunday? I mean, that, I think that'd be quick. It'd be a quick turnaround for him to play on Sunday against the Steelers. That would surprise me. Um, no. But how how long? Got the Cowboys week 13. Oh, my. I forgot about that. that uh, oh, I, yeah. I think I think he's going to. I bet he'll be on the field for that one. <laughs> I think he'll be on the field for that one. I mean, I, I wouldn't be shocked if, if it were next week at Colts. You know, you give him two weeks, that's Patriots. I, I don't think it's going to be longer than two weeks. Yeah. And and then the other thing, too, I think this could be a um, – maybe this could be a, a jump start to, uh, you know, Miles Boykin. He he came into the year with high expectations, uh, high hopes, and hasn't played great. Um, him and Lamar haven't been on the same page at all times. Um, but, you know, he obviously recognizes the kind of player that Des Bryant is. Probably grew up watching him and, and yep. thinking I can make plays like that one day. Uh, now he's in the same locker room, and I think that that's going to serve as some motivation – uh, to a guy like Boykin to uh, to play even better. So let's just say Dez is not active this week. Well, this is an opportunity for Boykin to go out there and make some plays and well, show the coaches, uh, say- like, hey, I, I, like, don't forget about me. You may have brought in this new guy, but I'm still here. I'm still trying to make plays. I'm still on this team. Don't move on from me quite yet. I thought Miles Boykin had some of his best practices of training camp after all the Dez uh, rumbles and his first workout with the Ravens. I thought uh, Miles Boykin practiced pretty darn well. So let's hope that happens again here in, in games. Sure. Um, so, anyway. all right. So, so let's look at Sunday. What is your, uh, what's your expectation? I mean, I think to me, the, the, the couple of the keys in my mind, you cannot allow the Steelers to feast on Lamar. Like we talked about some of the struggles with the offense line during the bye week podcast. Um, Steelers have one of the best defenses. I think it's one and two, you know, one, a one B between the Ravens and the Steelers in terms of defense. But their front seven can get after you. They've got more sacks than any team in the league. That's why I'm scared. That's why I'm scared. More than the offense, that defense is frightening. So um, I just don't think they can allow the Steelers to feast in third and long situations. They've got to move the chains early in downs, um, get into third and manageable. And uh, if they're living on third and eight, third and ten, it's not going to be good. Yeah, if the Ravens are living in third and long, it's not going to be good for this team. I, I would agree with that. But I ain't scared like you. I'm not scared <laughs> I'm not, like you. I'm not scared. I'm telling Harbs that you're scared. <laughs> I'm just going to tell him, and he's just going to rip you a new one. It's going to be great. Dude, the Eagles put up 29 points on the Steelers' defense. I'm not – Yeah, they, they put up 28 against the Ravens. So, hey, I'm just saying they could be scored on. Okay. <laughs> Why are you trying to dog in the Ravens defense? Huh? I'm not. I'm just same team, one point difference. It's not really <laughs> that big of a difference here. Anyway, I'm just saying we can move the ball. All right. You have to avoid the turnovers. Can't get be getting strip sacked. Can't be throwing picks. You know, Lamar played arguably his worst game as a pro in his only start against the Steelers. Uh, not yeah, last year in Pittsburgh, through yep. three interceptions, was sacked a career high five times. So. You know, Lamar's got to play at his best. He's got to play really well. And I think if Lamar plays really well, the Ravens win this game, and they win it handily because I'm not scared like you. I think the Ravens win. They're great coming off a bye. We talked about the adjustments they make during a bye. 10-2 and two under Harbaugh after the bye. Um, they're five-and-a-half-point favorites in this game, which I think caught some people by surprise. That's a wide margin when you're going up against undefeated. the only undefeated team in the league. Seriously. Um, but especially when home field advantage really isn't the same this year. But um, I, I do think the Ravens win, um, and I think that Lamar plays his best game of the season. I like it. Anyway, thank you for listening. 
Uh, as always, you can reach us at the lounge at ravens.nfl.net and get ready for a big win. <laughs>